Good morning. Welcome to In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Coming up this hour, we'll have updates on Watt, Kansas, and a legislative update from Representative Dodson here in a bit. But we're going to start as we normally do here with uh, K State Research and Extension. And today we have Extension Director from Riley County, Gary Fike, in studio. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. How are you doing this morning? Well, I'm a little wet. I'm soaked all the way through, which is really good because we really needed that. Yep. I can get a little closer to the mic here. Uh, yeah, the rain's been nice. It. Uh, we were talking about that a little bit this morning, and uh, we we needed a good soaker. We hadn't really had anything like that here in a while. It seemed like it's been a long time, and you know, it it did the all of the ranchers and farmers a huge favor. You know, going into planting season for corn, and I think some corn had already been planted, so it'll help that. And now, once it dries up this next week, and they get the ground worked and get get back in the field why i think they're going to have great moisture to plant into which is huge i know a couple of weeks ago we had some freezes and that that kind of affected the winter wheat crop um we're looking at 90s possibly on monday and tuesday will, will that uh harm that crop at all no i don't think so i i, I think usually when the the heat affects the wheat crop the worst is about the time that the Wheat is starting to head out, and then it flowers and those kinds of things, which, you know, I don't know when that's going to occur, usually mid to late May, um, and then usually six weeks after headed heading is harvest. So, you know, that's really more critical for heat. It won't hurt it too much at this point in time. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to cover here this morning, including uh, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program, which I know wrapped up uh, – recently i believe yes yes our last day was april 15th uh, that we uh, prepared taxes at the library so we had again another record year brandon we had 724 returns filed and accepted by the irs which is i think an, our all-time high i know it's our all-time high it was our 17th year and so the refunds and credits that we got was also another record we had I have the exact figure, $1,338,271 is what our clients got for refunds. Um, and we saved them approximately $150,000 in tax preparation fees. So it's about a $1.5 million, nearly $1.5 million uh, economic impact all the way around. That's wonderful. And, you know, m nice to know. It feels like more people are uh, taking advantage of this here. What Have you heard reaction? What have people been saying to you? Well, you know, we we have a lot of positive comments. We ask for uh, comment cards for people to fill those out, and, and we just – we get so many folks. As you know, the program is designed for low- to moderate-income households, $72,000 a year or less, and uh, our average adjusted gross income, I think, this year was just a hair over $27,000. So the folks that need it are coming to us, and we're helping them out. Um, there's a lot of people who are retired. We have several K-State students, uh, undergraduates and graduates, and then we have a lot of young families, single parents with children, and so it's something that saves them quite a bit of money, and, and we've got a great set of volunteers that help people with it. So it's it's a beautiful system. Yeah, well, it's great to hear, and uh, the library, good partnership there? Library is fantastic. I can't say enough uh, good stuff about them. They offer the physical space, the, the use of the equipment. 
we kind of tramp in and out of there like we own the place, and so we've appreciated that. They've been a, a fantastic partner, and you know we have grant money also. Um, the the total cost of the program, Brandon, is about twenty six thousand dollars. Most of that is in kind payment from extension for uh, my time, Sharon's time, paper, other things that we need to have, um, uh, training, those kinds of things. Uh, but we we get partial funding from Cons United Way from the Caroline Pine Charitable Foundation, and this year the K-State Federal Credit Union came through and helped us out again, and, and Greater Manhattan Community Foundation is, is I wrote a grant uh, application to them, and we got funding from them for next year. So that helps offset that cost quite a bit, and it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's truly a community effort all the way around. Yeah, what a great way to save people money and you know, get your taxes done for free. I mean, you can't beat that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, some other things going on here with Extension. Um, there, we've been talking, I know, uh, last couple times we had you on, we talked a little bit about um, the thought of creating districts here for Extension. Where are we at in that conversation? Well, we've got five counties, of course, in that discussion. It's us and Geary and Pot and uh, Marshall and Wabunsee. And uh, looking at forming a five-county district, we started those discussions last fall. We asked, we came together, uh, extension executive boards came together last December, and then we met again via Zoom this spring uh, to talk about that. Four of the five counties had voted to move forward with um, the district process. Uh, Pottawatomie County just recently had a meeting this this Wednesday night and decided not uh, to join at this time. So I'm, we're uncertain at this point in time where we're going from here, um, whether we will seek to continue moving forward with the process or uh, or not, uh, and we'll have to make that decision probably at a June board meeting. Is there hang-up there in Pottawatomie County primarily on costs? Because it seems to be that might be some of it. I think that's part of it. But Pottawatomie County, because of the Jefferson Energy Center higher valuation, they would have to come up with more money than they're currently giving to their extension program now. And I think they're just questioning, you know, do we want to spend that much extra money? It's nearly twice as much as what they're spending. And so that's understandable um, on their from their standpoint. Riley County, the money would stay the same the first year and actually go down a little the second year. But uh, Pot County would have to pick up a lion's share of that, and I think that's part of the issue. And the other thing is I think that the extension officer has a very good relationship with their county commissioners, and and so, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we don't want to um, ask for stuff maybe we don't feel like we really need or want to um, move forward in that regard with the extra money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's probably a – uh, just have a dead conversation at the moment, huh? At the moment, we'll see. We'll see what happens as we move forward. Have more discussions with the other counties, but uh, right now we're just kind of at a standstill. All right. Is this uh, an ongoing conversation also in other parts of the state, as far as extensions concerned? Well, uh, I, right now I don't know that there's any other uh, counties looking at a district, but there's already several districts that do exist. Um, I think we've got. 25 or 26 districts of two or more counties. There's only one other district that has five counties in it. And, and frankly, that was an issue here too, was uh, some of, I think some of the counties felt like five counties was too large uh, geographically. But um, 
there's already a number that exist. Uh, probably the latest one that formed was Marion and Dickinson County formed the Chisholm Trail District, and that's the most recent one, and it was just formed in 2020 and 2021. So there, there's a number of districts out there, uh, but um, but we're not in one, and, um, and we'll just, again, see where we go from here. Okay, very good. Um, it's uh, May now, so we're about, I guess, two and a half months away from fair time. Uh, have you started preparations for that? Oh, yeah. Fair is a year-round deal, really, even from the day that we clean up and drag everything back to the office. It's, it's uh, you know, a- advertising, um, securing judges, getting awards, uh, sending out correspondence. You know, all the animals have to be tagged and weighed ahead of time for the livestock projects. There's just there's just so many moving parts to this thing, and 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 this time it gets busier, but it's uh, and we send out sponsor letters. You know, we have a number of sponsors. We got getting things lined up for the livestock sale. The carnival will be new this year, which is which is a change. We've had Ottawa amusements for a hundred years, um, facetiously, but uh, Danny Ottawa has decided to retire, so now. We're going to be using a carnival company called We Entertainment. That's W with three E's behind it. They're out of Dodge City. Danny recommended them. He said, you probably aren't going to notice much in the in the carnival. They're still going to have the wristband nights. They're still going to have most all of the same rides and attractions that Danny had. And he's going to help uh, transition uh, for them. So we've signed that contract with them, and, and we're ready to go. All right. That's good. I'm wondering... With all the cases of bird flu going on, are we going to see chickens and other other birds? At, the at this point in time, I think we are. Uh, you probably have to ask Greg McClure that question, but I haven't seen any correspondence that we will not. The avian influenza, mm-hmm. is that what you're just discussing? Yeah. 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 So that's always been, and, and then there, there's the Pilorum typhoid testing, which has always had to be done Um and I think they've waived that the last couple of years. So we'll see. Okay. Yep. I, I love our fair here. I, I always say it, and I don't, and I don't just say that because I'm on the radio with you. I actually really do enjoy going out. I think my only complaint is it's not long enough. But, but you, may, <laughs> you may disagree with that. Yeah, I might disagree <laughs> with you. You know, it's uh, of course, it's our showcase event um, for 4-H. It's for extension uh, we get a lot of community support. You know, we're going to have the Call Valley Rodeo again. Uh, there, there's just there's just a lot of really good things going on. We've added a few little things. Uh, we're going to have a great food stand. We're going to have a lot of food vendors back. Um, and you can know, of course, that's my favorite thing, actually. Not necessarily funnel cakes, but like a bacon-wrapped hot dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just can't stay away from things like that. So. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great fair. Uh, we just sent out a vendor letter not long ago, so we'll be finding out how many uh, different vendors we'll have there for commercial booths and food booths as well. All right. Are we going to have a conversation at some point about maybe getting partners together to make some improvements at the fairgrounds at some point? There, there's a lot of discussion about that, and there has been for a number of years. And that, again, I hate to be vague, but I think that remains to be seen because of a wholesale change, particularly of a location, which has been discussed, uh, is a huge, huge uh, move. And so we'll just have to have to see what uh, what happens in terms of those decisions made, which will not be ours to make at the extension office. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Gary, anything else? 
I, I just appreciate the time down here. Thanks so much for your coverage. Uh, we're looking forward to a great summer um, and, and appreciate everything that you do for us here. All right. Appreciate that as well. Always look forward to talking to our friends over at Extension Office. Gary, thanks so much. Thank you, Brandon. Stay tuned. We'll uh, hear from Marshall Locke and uh, Sherilyn Jackson. we got a Walk Kansas event coming up tomorrow. They will preview that in the next segment here on KMAN. And we welcome you back here to In Focus on News Radio KMAN here on this Friday morning. We continue along here as uh, we get an update on an event coming up tomorrow here in Manhattan. It's uh, Walk Kansas's uh, 5K for the fight. Uh, it'll be taking place uh, in benefit of the Johnson Cancer Research Center. We've got a couple guests joining us here to talk about that, including the coordinator of the statewide Walk Kansas program, Extension Specialist, Family Consumer Sciences, Sherilyn Jackson is here. Good morning. Good morning. And we also Good have... Yeah, glad to have you here. And you're, you're joining us from Kansas City today, right? I am. I'm at a conference, so I'll be heading back to Manhattan this afternoon to work on some stuff for tomorrow's 5K. All right, very cool. Kansas City is my my home city. I grew up in the southern part of the uh, metro there, so I uh, always love talking to people who visit my hometown. Uh, Marsha Locke is with us as well. Marsha is the uh, communications and outreach coordinator for the Johnson Cancer Research Center at K-State. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So Walk Kansas, let's let's get a little background for those who don't know uh, kind of what this is, because this is a, not just a Manhattan event, but it's actually a statewide thing. It is a statewide event. It's a health initiative that's provided by K-State Research and Extension, and we've been offering Walk Kansas as a statewide program since 2001. So it's been around for a while. Um, and the goal of the program, it's an eight week, an eight week program. And the goal is to help people increase their physical activity for better health and also to eat more fruits and vegetables. And a benefit from all of this is to help manage stress and have more energy, feel more productive, sleep better and also prevent a number of chronic illnesses, including cancer. All right. So uh, how many events do you have in the state of Kansas here, uh, including Manhattan's? This is the only 5K event that's organized statewide. Some of our local, our local extension offices across the state also host a 5K in their community. I'm not exactly sure how many of those, those um, there are, but this is the one that I'm involved with. Okay. Well, so what we've got coming up tomorrow, uh, it starts off uh, just around 8 o'clock. It looks like a registration begins around 745, so just before 8 o'clock. Uh, what will be taking place here tomorrow? Me? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 745 to 845, we'll have check-in. Um, any day of registrations can, can happen then. And then at 845, we'll have some welcome remarks with the special guest we just got confirmed yesterday. Coach Bill Snyder is going to come cheer people on um, during our welcome remarks. And we'll have Sunny 102.5 there playing some tunes for us. That always just enhances the ambiance so much. We have a lot of fun. And so then we'll have the 5K um, takeoff right at 9 um, right outside our center. And then um, after them will be the 1.5 mile fun walk. And then after everybody gets back, we'll do the, the medals and have a little kids run, a 50 yard dash for the kids. And also we'll have um, 
we'll have some yard games out to kind of entertain people while they're waiting around and uh, snacks for all the participants, t-shirts for all the participants, just a, a good time to celebrate everybody's wellness efforts and achievements and raise money for cancer research at K-State. Cancer touches all of us. So we, we want to you know, do more, do more for that. Yeah. And I see here that there's going to be some free cancer screenings going on tomorrow as well. That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. So, um, the Masonic Cancer Alliance, uh, which is kind of KU Cancer Center's outreach arm, they they uh, collaborate with all the Masons across the state and put on cancer screenings. And so the local Masons Lafayette Lodge uh, number 16 is having a cancer screening here during the 5K. So they'll have that from 8 to 11. So a little before and after our, our main event. And so they'll do cancer and health screenings. Um, various ones checking for um, skin, checking skin and also some other health things, um, blood pressure, different kinds of screenings. All right. So I know it's happening tomorrow. Is there still time for people to sign up? Yes. Yes. We will take registrations until, well, probably 845. Okay. Very good. Uh, and uh, for those that don't know, wh where is uh, this happening at? Is it outside the, the research center? Yeah, there's a, a nice, beautiful courtyard outside our center um, and a big pedestrian mall, big wide sidewalk. That's where everybody will gather. We're at 1711 Claflin Road. So our center is, is just like the northeast corner of Chalmers Hall, which some people may know is attached to Ackert Hall and just right across from uh, General Myers Hall, the old ROTC building. And, um, and so, yeah, we'll be gathering out there. The weather looks to be beautiful, maybe a little breezy, but beautiful. And we'll just gather out there, take off from there. And everybody, the, the 5K course and the 1.5 mile fun walk course go all around campus. So it'll be a beautiful, beautiful route. And, and they lead back to here and, and then we do the medals. All right. We've lucked out with weather every year, so we're hoping that we'll have another great year of of weather and no rain and <clears throat> a little bit of sunshine, maybe. Yeah, we've gotten really lucky. I think it's Sherilyn's karma. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know a lot of events over the last couple of years have kind of been held or, or, or on hiatus here. Did the pandemic affect this at all? It did affect us the last couple of years, so we haven't had it um since 2019. So yeah, we're looking forward to, to having it again. It's great to be able to partner with Marsha and the Cancer Center. Um, love partnering with them and be able to help support cancer research at K-State. That's so important. So good good chance to be a big crowd then tomorrow. Well, it will be a little bit smaller than in the past. I think it's taking people a little while to come back, but um, it'll be It'll, it'll still be a good-sized crowd, all here for the right reasons, and um, just having a good time. All right. Well, is there anything else we haven't uh, touched on you think it would be good for listeners to know about? I can tell you just a bit about, um, you know, what funds like this do. Um, our center uh, offers awards to students, so like scholarships to do cancer research mentored by a faculty member. So they learn to do cancer research. Um, we give, you know, anywhere from 20 something to 30 something of those a year 
and um, it helps, it really helps those students kind of advance to, um, to further education and professional careers in, in science and medicine. Um, and then we also provide seed grants uh, for faculty who are the, doing really exciting stuff. We, we, have, we, we have a competitive award program that they can apply for and the most promising ones get $20,000, $30,000 seed grants to, to kind of explore a new idea. And you know that's how, that's how all the treatments and cures that are helping people right now start in laboratories like we have at K-State. And, and we, you know, a lot of people are surviving cancer now, thanks, thanks to decades of research, but, but just not enough. We needed to do more. And there's, there's a lot of exciting things right around the corner and, but we got to keep working on them and, and it takes a lot of money. And, and so it benefits us all. So we all kind of try to chip in and, and help that out and train the next generation of scientists. Yep. All right. Well, this is a great event here for our community and a great opportunity to help out a good cause here at the Johnson Cancer Research Center. Again, you heard Sunny 102.5 will be out there uh, playing some some music out there as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully a, a nice big crowd out there and lots of money raised. Can I thank uh, mm-hmm. some of our sponsors real quick? You bet. Cancer, Cancer Center of Kansas. Thank you so much. Major, major sponsor for this. Um, Hy-Vee is, is providing some fruit and bags. Let's Go Run is offering us discount timing. Sunny 102.5, thank you. Your, your, your contribution is so wonderful. Prairie Stone Landscaping is, is providing water and Kansas Sweet is providing the granola bars. So thanks to everybody and of course, Watt Kansas. All right. Well, Marsha, thank you for the time this morning. Sherilyn, uh, same to you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned. We're going to continue in focus here in a moment. We have Representative Mike Dodson standing by for a legislative update. We'll do that next here on K-Man. We are back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. I'm Brandon Peoples, Stephen Schaefer engineering for us here on the other side. We have uh, in studio today Mike Dodson, the 67th District State Representative, joining us here. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good to be with you finally. Yeah. Still in Corey, it's good to finally be back in the studio. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, when it's uh, usually we have our legislators on Fridays uh, during the uh, morning show here to get a, just a quick phone call update, and I don't feel like that's quite enough time for everything that's going on. So we got you for the rest yeah. of the hour here. Well, that's terrific. Thanks. Uh, so finished up a veto session here. What about a week ago? Is that right? Right. Yeah, we did. We worked uh, fairly late on Thursday. Uh, you know, they, we always uh, look at that midnight rule, and I'm not sure if it's a threat or what, but, you know, people tend to either say, okay, well, we're going to tough through it and get everything done, and I want to go home, or don't try to threaten me. I'll stay here as long as you want. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think we got done at a quarter to 12 or so, so everybody got home, and the guys out in western Kansas, you know, have a long way to drive. So that's, you know, some of them drive five hours to get home to tend to their business. So uh, it's a little tougher on them than it is on me. Yeah, no kidding. You only have an hour drive versus five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I know a lot, a lot got accomplished. A lot didn't get accomplished here uh, that maybe everybody would have liked to have seen. But uh, what are some of your key takeaways yeah. from veto session? Uh, First of all, let me say a uh, shout out here to the nurses. I think it's uh, National Nurses Week, and these are folks who 
much like our teachers that we where we understand uh, how hard it is to tough through two years you know I mean uh, doing way above what's expected sticking with it and uh, taking care of all of us so great job by all of our nurses we tried to do a little bit for them up in the legislature but you know the rules are pretty tight on what we can do but we do appreciate them quite a bit um, you know we've had uh, similar things to what's going on globally kind of happen up in the in the legislature so the dynamics have been a little bit different uh, I think everybody is a little bit more on edge than they might have been ordinarily and uh, quite frankly, I think the House and the Senate haven't quite been in sync maybe the way uh, that they might have been. Uh, normally, you kind of dovetail. In other words, at that handover period, you trade House bills over to the Senate, Senate bills over to the House, and so on, and then not too many surprises you get towards the end. This time, during the veto session, we had a lot of bills that were in conference committee. And uh, just so people understand, when bills go into the conference committee, we've got uh, some conference committees that meet. We've got exempt committees. Um, so if a bill is uh, kind of lost somewhere uh, in a committee that is non-exempt, then you can push that bill over to the exempt committee and they can uh, have it heard on the floor. And the problem is that a lot of changes ensue, you know, as you get those conference committees together. So the bill that went in there is oftentimes not uh, the bill that came out. Sometimes it's not even recognizable. So mm. keeping up with those kind of things has been uh, a, a bit of a challenge. But uh, by and large, we got a lot of things done. Um, the uh, Probably I would just mention a couple things overall. Uh, I think everybody recognizes by this point we had a lot of money from the federal government that really helped cushion everything. That was about $2 billion. And then what I'd call unexpected revenue, which is revenue over and above kind of what the budget plan had been, was about $1.1 billion. So that, that gives you quite a bit of cushion going into uh, formalizing what you want to do this year, next year, and, and onwards. And we had, <clears throat> I think, consensus on a lot of things that we wanted to do. And one of them was to buy down debt. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, we wanted to meet the reserve target, and that's 7.5% of SGF. And we did that and then some. And then uh, establish a rainy day fund, which, you know, when you look forward, you never quite know what's going to happen, whether it's going to be a strain that then uh, constrains the revenue that you have. And you want to be able to do that without a lot of ups and downs for taxpayers. And, and I think uh, we've got a good handle on that. And then uh, economic development, that's been big uh, going into the last session as well, which was getting people back to work, make sure our businesses are viable and track new businesses into Kansas. And as you saw the other day, uh, Manhattan was a recipient of that. We got uh, quite a boost from that that'll pay us dividends on into the future and to try to do some things with uh, education. So there are some uh, still some issues. Um, you know, when uh, the education bill came up, uh, one of the things that I really don't like is when you mix policy with funding. 
The education bill has $4.2 billion in it just of Kansas money, and then there's a, a little over $2 billion that comes in from the federal government. Um, so people uh, know that we have to pass that. So the dynamic is, what do we put in that that uh, you know will make it better versus what are the stinkers in there <laughs> that you know somebody wants as a hobby horse? And then the pressure to pass it at the end. So I really didn't care for some of that, but some of it was uh, okay. So um, my own approach here, I think we can do more uh, on the education committees up there to put some pressure on the State Board of Education. You know, they, they kind of defer, in my judgment, too often and let uh, all the school boards go their own way, which is easy. But, you know, if you have some standardization, and our kids need standardization because they have to compete. Right. You know, 100 years ago, you could say, well, if I go out, if I'm in Hayes, the likelihood of me going outside of a 100-mile radius is fairly low. Today, you expect them to compete on a not only a U.S. basis, but maybe a global basis with our students. So we've got to take some steps there. Um, and Article 6 of our Constitution certainly doesn't limit our legislative ability to do that. We've got to do some more on child care. There's a little bit in here, but certainly not enough to stimulate. And I know we've got a tax uh, or a uh, child care task force here in Manhattan that's doing some great work trying to develop some ideas to both stimulate child care providers and to make a cost appropriate for those who really have a tough time paying for child care, which by and large is the same as a mortgage. So um, that makes it pretty tough. We didn't make the kind of progress I wanted on LHVTR. You know, I was, uh, talked to your previous guest about this uh, a little bit some time ago, and we've talked to a lot of uh, legislators who represent rural districts, and I think there's a growing concern um, that we really have to satisfy. You know, we've got <clears throat> all these rural communities that say 2,500 people or so are in tough shape, and I'm not sure how to save them, but I do know we've got to take some pressure off them, particularly on uh, property tax. So uh, we'll be working some more on that. Um, we've got uh, um, some things that are <laughs> coming on robotics and AI, which are will further uh, exacerbate what's going on in rural Kansas, but may be of a benefit in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, there's even a bill in there that uh, we've got to work on a little bit more, but it was proposing some of the things like we've seen in Germany where you've got some uh, robotic trucks that are some autonomous trucks that follow a leader truck. You know, we've got such a shortage of uh, truck drivers today. I think someone told me there's like, 85,000 truck drivers needed. So I'm not sure how you satisfy that without doing something that gets it gets us to the future. There are a lot of worriers about that, but I think we can satisfy that. Now, uh, when you ask about um, the vetoes specifically, we had uh, maybe a few that I'll mention. Uh, House Bill 2448 was one that uh, ASSOR uh, is a training program, really, alongside food assistance. Mm. Now, some objected uh, 
you know, because it's it's hard for some people on food assistance to do this kind of training. But the the overriding element here was to try to improve the ability of people to get a better job. And so I think we settled on uh, 40 hours a month, and um, we thought that was reasonable. It it uh, it did uh, successfully override the governor's veto. So. Uh, the Commerce Committee that I serve on felt pretty strongly about this one, trying to get people to uh, give them a little boost, you know, and, and try to get better jobs across the board. Uh, Senate Bill uh, 58 was a parent's bill of rights. Um, you know, we're pretty fortunate in Manhattan, and people kind of forget uh, Manhattan versus the rest of the state. So when sometimes when you vote on things, uh, you're trying to make sure that the state is doing what it needs to do. So in Manhattan, when you talk to our school leaders, I mean, they're doing a lot of these things already. They're they're really on top of their game on some of these things. And, you know, unfortunately, when you get up around Kansas City, um, some of these things just aren't happening in an appropriate way. So uh, the legislators up there really feel strongly about these kinds of things to make sure that their kids have all the opportunities they have. And you look at their test scores, the test scores are not very good at all compared to ours. So that's one of the reasons, but we, we didn't sustain that veto. We were 72 to 72 to 50 on that one. Um, and sometimes it's a matter of the person who's talking, trying to persuade people to do <laughs> what they think ought to be done. Uh, Senate Bill 160 was the Fairness in Women's Sports. You know, I voted for this, but I had trouble. Um, you know, I there are uh, one of the things here. This kind of goes back to the school board. Uh, we have to put rules in place, mm -hmm. and the International Olympic Committee and the NCAA have some guidelines. But we've just passed that one again down to the schools, which isn't fair. Um, but you know, up to a certain age, this shouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, we did change it just to have competitive sports in there, which you know usually occurs at an older age. But finding a venue for these folks uh, is going to be tough, uh, mixed leagues and things like that. But uh, if we if we've learned anything in the past several years, we know that we're getting to the future faster than we thought we would. So there's a lot of things happening that are positive. Hopefully, it'll take care of everybody. I'm curious, when that topic was brought up, was there ever any statistics brought up about how many students this would actually impact? Yeah, I mean, th that was really one of the things where people said, well, you got to be kidding me, because there's only one, well, at least that was a statistic raised, one in Kansas. Now, at the same time we were doing this, if you remember the swimmer from Penn State, mm -hmm. that was the one that kind of raised everybody's eyebrows. Um, so... Um, and there was a lot more energy at the beginning of the session on this than at the end, yeah. uh, which I think led to the inability to override. Had we voted on this early on, uh, there just seemed to be everybody was for this and getting on board. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough issue. And, you know, it's all about my child when you get down to it. So uh, let's see. SB 161 was this delivery system. Uh we had uh, Amazon and um, 
uh, Walmart and some others that have these little delivery systems. One is the size of a um, uh, cooler. Another one's about the size of, a, of an easy chair. <laughs> and they carry various weights. And, you know, you've seen these things demonstrated before. They, you put a package on there and they, they have uh, avoidance systems so they don't run into people. They don't cross the street when a car is coming. And I don't know how they get up and down curbs, quite frankly. I mean, that wasn't in the presentation. But these kinds of things are coming. Uh, probably, you know, we're going to hear something about that on the ones that deliver by air. So that one uh, wasn't successful either, but uh, we'll see what happens. It may come up during the 23rd session when we're going to redo uh, or rehear redistricting. And uh, as uh, everybody may have heard, we're going back up on the 23rd to try to fix that up. Uh, the, uh, the Supreme Court really hasn't acted on that yet, so um, we'll just have to see what their objections are. But the big objection was on the... Um, on the map for our national legislator. Uh, and as you know on that, we've got, uh, you basically divide the population of Kansas by four, so you get around 750,000. So you've got to divide the, the map in Kansas in four parts, uh, which each give somewhere around 750,000 to each person. And when you get over in Johnson and Wyandotte County, that becomes a big problem because mm. it's so populated. And just to remind people, between 2010 and 2020, uh, Kansas only gained 89,000 people uh, out of 3 million. And when you look at the 89,000, you say, well, that's not too much of a change. The trouble is the West lost and the East gained to establish that 89,000. So, in fact, uh, Steve Johnson, a good friend of mine who's a legislator over just south of Salina, that uh, whole district disappeared uh, so they could establish another district over towards Johnson County so that, you know, you can represent everybody on an equal basis. So, yeah, a lot of things uh, in that mix and uh, it was a really difficult process, but trying to achieve that kind of equity that everyone expects is really hard. A lot of people work pretty hard on that too, so you have to see what the what the court thinks about it. Politics comes into this so much, though, and, and I think people realize that, and and that's unfortunate because, uh, especially with a midterm election just around the corner, people want as much power as they can have. Yeah, yeah, I think <clears throat> you know it. When, as a first incident, you know, that's the first thing people come up with is it's all politics. So this gerrymandering thing is, uh, is, is a big deal. So when you go into this, one of the things you want to say is, look, don't draw any funny squiggly shapes on here because then people will suspect you've done something shady. Like putting Lawrence and Manhattan in yeah. the same yeah. district. <laughs> uh, but the numbers, you know, when you do the numbers, when you start on the West, for example, with the big first, and you jump over Wichita, there, eh, I mean, it's already got a huge land footprint in order to establish that 750,000 person. So you can't do much else. The only good news for most of us is it put things like um, Lawrence and, or KU and KSU together. It also put Fort Riley, Fort Leavenworth, and 
and uh, Forbes together. So, mm. <clears throat> you know, there's some positives and, and maybe some negatives in there too because it, you know, the, the idea was it kind of split Mrs. Davis' um, constituency a little bit. Right. That, that, I mean, that was a major argument and that probably is a major argument today before the court. We'll just have to see how that plays out. I'm not sure how it should do it, but, you know, there's certainly other ways. I, I got to take a quick yeah. little break here, but uh, we'll come back and wrap things up here with uh, Representative Dodson on a short session here in a moment on News Radio KMAN. All right, got a couple minutes left here with uh, Representative Dodson here, so we'll try to squeeze as much as we can here in the next four minutes. But uh, uh, one of the things uh, that did pass was the uh, the food sales tax um, reduction, maybe not quite as quickly as uh, some would have liked, but uh, that did pass. Yeah, there's a couple of dynamics here. As you know, the governor wanted uh, to go to zero now, which was very tempting. Uh, under the brownback, we got ourselves in such a doggone hole that, uh, you know, we've still got remnants of that. And when I talked about debt reduction, we still are doing that. We got a billion going into capers to try to get up to 80%, which is what the feds want uh, to consider stable. We were as low as 53% at one point. So, you know, you can't guarantee people that they're going to get their money unless you bond to get it. So that was a positive. So the rationale here was to step this down in three years. Uh, but there's a provision in there that you can step it down faster depending on what we see next year and the year after. So you go from 6.5 to 4%, then to 2, and then to 0. And uh, we wanted to do, that is, the House wanted to do it uh, 1 July. The Senate wanted to do 1 January of next year with some additional provisions. So, you know, we got our provisions, they got their date. That's kind of how sausage is made sometimes. <laughs> I didn't like it, but, you know, that's kind of the best we can do. I also want to remind people that this is the state tax. You know, when you look at sales tax in Manhattan, some of it is nine and a half, some of it's nine, seven, five, depends on where you are, like out at uh, uh, Long McCall Road, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll still have that city and county tax um, to pay, but these the state tax will be diminished over the three-year period unless something else happens. So, um, we did quite a few things on, uh, on uh, to help the rural and housing. Um, you know, I sent this to uh, Ron Fear and uh, the city commission, also to the county commission. There's about five elements, maybe six here, um, that all argue for uh, additional support to uh, mostly our, our small towns. Um, our ability to do things is somewhat limited, but you know we're we're going to continue to work on this because rural I consider rural Kansas one of our toughest nuts to crack. We've got to help them somehow, and so there are a lot of things in here about uh, in low-income housing, some incentives for people to provide uh, some funding for that. Uh, this is and some employers as well, some things on education. Uh, but <clears throat> there are some great provisions in this bill, and uh, I sent that to all of them so they can kind of start digging into it and trying to figure out you know, the ones we can participate on. Some of them are below our uh, population level. So, you know, we do have 54,000 here and 75 and 
Riley County. So we tried to make as many things, many things that were applicable to Riley County as we could, but you know, some of the some of these are kind of set by the federal government too. So. Well, that's an issue we got to keep uh, keep working at here because uh, housing is so important, uh, not just here but all across the state. Uh, Representative Dodson, it's good to talk to you. I'm sorry we ran out of time here, but uh, lots uh, lots of stuff going on, and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Well, and the only other thing I'd say here, Brandon, I I put this on a lot of the things I do, but if people uh, want to know more about it, there's a website. It's uh, www. Uh, legislature.kansas.gov. Uh, so if they, uh, they're they interested, please uh, use that website. Yep. 